Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. On December the 7th, 2017, as I've said so often before on every day, this is a day we will never see again. But it's a wonderful day. We're from Coolidge, Arizona. We're in Revelation chapter 22. And tonight we cover from verses 9 through 13, if we're fortunate. And next week we will complete with episode 144, the book of Revelation. We'll have notes for you with a final summary of the book that I have already printed out from Kurt Simmons, which I believe is a well-stated summary of the book next week, and we'll send that out by email, <clears throat> or however Greg does it. Now, first of all, huh? by, pigeon. by pigeon, okay, well, that's an improvement. Uh, last week, we noticed that the throne from earlier in the chapter uh, represents power and authority, uh, not in and of itself, but of those who occupy it. And then flowing from that throne was the highlight, I think, anyway, of our lesson last week, was the river, crystal clear water, cool, crystal clear water. Oh, I'm already thirsty. And that represented the spirit of, of um, the Father and of the Lamb. Um, the, the, uh, the river was coming out of them, out of the throne, established by their authority, and it represents uh, the, their spirit. Jesus, uh, Jesus said, of the rivers of flowing water out of my belly. He said, when I'm talking about living water, I'm talking about my spirit. So I'm assuming that here, um, same author, I think, uh, talking about um, things that he'd already talked about in his recording of the Gospel of John. Either way, the, uh, the Gospel of John addresses that and refers to this river then as representative of the very nature and character of the Lord. And it has 12 kinds of fruit that bears fruit. And if you look at uh, Galatians 5.22, it says the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. The river now represents what? The Spirit. It represents the Spirit of those who sit on the throne. We partake of it. And we bear fruit. What's the fruit? Well, Galatians 5.22 gives to us nine of them. And if you want all 12 that it says there are, you can find three ones that are not mentioned in Galatians 5.22 in 2 Peter chapter 1. You'll have another list, but you'll have three additional ones, and you add those three to these nine, and you have how many? Twelve, right? Oh, you folks are quick. All right, so with that said, we can move on. Uh, that's the fruit, and, oh, and the leaves, uh, the leaves of the tree. Uh, leaves um, are all, 
everywhere you go, out here in the desert, we have what we call greasewood. If you get bit by a rattlesnake or a scorpion, you take the leaves of the greasewood plant and you rub them into until they're fluid and it will stop the swelling and pull out the poison. The leaves of the tree are so much here for the healing of the nations. Which, uh, we probably don't need to carry that any further because that's kind of in review. So the, the solution to the world's problems and all of the ills of the world is not politics. But folks, it's here where the healing of the nations really is. It's the church. It's the bride of Christ. That healing is not found and cannot be anywhere else. God made no other provision for healing other than that which is right here in the scriptures as it refers to the bride of Christ, the church, the new Jerusalem. Any questions on that? That's all we're going to do by way of review. Verse 9 of chapter 22, he said to me, now be patient with me here, this is this is a tomato worthy. It really is. This is worthy of a tomato. I'm going to tell you what I think. And, I, and as always, when I tell you what I think, remember, you don't have to agree with it. But notice, he said to me in verse 9, and then verse 10, he said to me, And then he says, I am a fellow servant, in verse 9. I am. And then he says in verse 12, behold, I am. The he speaks to me, and he says, I am. I'm speaking to you, and I tell you, I'm telling you, I am going in January somewhere. And I'm going quick. (laughs) I had my truck fixed yesterday. I'm going quickly. Now, if I tell you that, who do you think I'm talking about? Well, I'm telling you, in January, I'm going somewhere. Yourself. I'm talking about myself. All right. So you understand now what I've said. Now, here's where I'm going. Let's go back to verse 9. He said to me, so even though you may take that pronoun back to a previous verse to say the antecedent is an angel, here he is describing who that angel is. Do not, and this is the angel. He said to me, do not, do not do that. Do not do that. I am. Now, this is the same I am that's in verse 12. I am coming quickly. You see that? With me so far? Keep up. If you got a size one hat, put it on. That's your thinking hat. I am a fellow servant of yours. 
is he talking about in verse 12 when he says, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. Who is he talking about there? He's talking about himself. He's talking about the Lamb. He's talking about the angel or the, the messenger that God appointed to say what he is saying now. That's all the word angelos means, a messenger. This is the, the messenger appointed by God to bring to us this message. Now notice what he says. I am, I am, a, this is verse 9, a fellow servant of yours. Does that agree with what we've learned in the past about Jesus? I believe it is. And we'll read a verse or two, but, but follow along here for, the, um, so for some continuity. I am a fellow servant of yours I, and of your brethren, the prophets. And of those who heed three things. And of those who heed the words of this book. And then he says, what? Oh, yeah. Wow. Do you really get that? You got that so quick. But look at that. When he, when he says, a fellow servant of yours, that's all through the book of Hebrews. That's all through. Philippians chapter 2 talks about him becoming as one of us to become a servant of the brethren. And your brethren, the prophets, why, certainly he's, he's equal to the prophets. He is a prophet. Jesus filled the office of prophet, priest, and king. And he says, you have two. I'm just like you folks in this regard. I'm just like you folks in this regard. I'm the same as you folks. I am a fellow servant of yours. I'm here. I'm here as you are to serve God. I'm here just as you are because of what the prophets have taught and said and that we both all and all agree. That makes them all equal. And then thirdly, those who, there's, there's a sermon in itself. And those who heed the words of this book, did Jesus qualify for that? Look at Hebrews 2.17. I'm just going to pick up one. We've got a lot to cover. Hebrews chapter 2.17. Therefore, he had to be made like his whom? Like his brethren. Now, who's he talking about here? He's talking about Jesus. He had to be made like his brethren in a few things. But it says all things. All things in which he needed to be like his brethren, he was that. He put aside his identity with God to become as one of us. So that he could become a high priest. So when he became a high priest, he didn't change that status with us. So, so, so I'm suggesting in verse 9 that when he said to me, do not do that, he is speaking 
even if it is an angel, a, a different angel, he is the spokesman for the Lord. But I believe that it's the Lord directly speaking, and here he is referred to as an angel, the messenger. Wouldn't that throw out the Jesus only? It would throw us in... Because that's why that's what he told them to not do, is don't worship at my feet. That's right. He's saying don't... He's saying worship whom? So it doesn't really... He doesn't say worship me. He said don't do that any longer. Why is this such a point? Alex hit the nail on the head there, is that those who want us to worship Jesus, we don't have any record of him really accepting or agreeing with being worshipped while he was here. There are those who did. He didn't make an issue out of it. But remember that they adored him, and the word worship is different. They adored him, but he was not worshipped as a god because he wasn't a god. He was as one of us. If he were a god, then his resurrection means nothing to you nor to me. Any. God can be resurrected because if he can die, well, can God die? No. God can't die. So I don't want to go into that too much, but I want you to understand where I'm coming from in this verse, and no one that I have read deals with it. They just slop over it. They're just commentators, you know, commentaries written by commentators, and whenever you have a difficult passage that is somewhat controversial, usually they just, they just slither through it like a snake and don't, don't deal with it. So I'm suggesting to you that when he says, I am, it's the same I am that he's talking about in verse 12. There's no change, no antecedent change between verse 9 and 12 that I can see. So your brethren, the prophets, well, of course he was in harmony. And so therefore, brothers with them who honored the prophets. Didn't Jesus quote the prophets? Many times, most of what the, Old, the New Testament is, is the quoting, and Revelation in particular is the quoting of the prophets of the Old Testament. And the book of Revelation is the fulfillment of those quotations. Get that. Get it straight. Don't have to agree with me, but understand it. So then he says the same thing that he said in Luke chapter 4 and verse 8. Luke 4, 8. Who knows it by heart? Oh, good. Everybody here knows that by heart. Wow. Well, that's the wrong one. You were hoping I was referring to the one where it says Jesus wept. This is not that one. No. But notice what Jesus answered. It is written. When they tried to worship him and they offered him the worship of man, Satan, in the temptation, notice how Jesus squirmed out of that. He said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. How many people does that include? Just one. One. And so when he says in verse 9 of chapter 22, worship God, folks, our churches have gone amiss. 
We are worshiping the wrong person. Did I say that loud enough? Might as well say three. Well, yeah, that's how you, that's how you get that in there. Is that how we say Yeah, we, you make three into one. Worship the three. Jesus, in, in, in Luke chapter 4, verse 8, makes it clear, very clear. You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And chapter 22 of Revelation in verse 9, I believe that it is Jesus, the one who is speaking, even if by the angel, even if through the angel. But I think it's him speaking directly. He said, you don't fall down and worship me any longer. If you ever have, you worship God. Where's Jesus in that? He's not there. He's a servant. Just as Hebrews says, he had to be like us to serve us, to be a servant. He is a servant. He had to be made like his brethren in every respect. Otherwise, he couldn't have accomplished anything that he came to do. Get my chart. I've got that all charted out on uh, somewhere, you know, I think on the website. So in verse 10, well, you can see then, um, to, to not pass over this too quickly, I just want you to understand what I'm saying. You can think about it, but I believe that Jesus is speaking first person here. I am a fellow servant. I believe it is he who is speaking, and it is he who is speaking all the way through the rest of this chapter. And he said to me in verse 10, he said to me, the same he, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Now, we need to deal with that. And that's easy to deal with. Let's go to Dan, Daniel chapter 8, first of all. Daniel chapter 8 and verse 26. <clears throat> We're on the notes now, folks. We're on verse 10. And what I think in verse 9, while you're looking up that verse, when he's listing a fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets, the prophets, the fellow servant of yours, the prophets, those who heed the words of this book, we're saying, he is saying that we are all in this together. So we're really brethren. We're all in this together. All of those who have been washed, had their robes washed in the blood of the Lamb, in chapter 2, I think, we are all in this together. This book, draws from and is in total harmony with all the Old Testament prophets. And I think the angel here is really the angel, the messenger of God, and that it is Jesus Christ personally. But if that isn't the case, it is the angel speaking in behalf of Jesus and speaking words of Jesus to John. The he never changes. Just the color of the text. That's right. Yep. All right, you got Daniel. Well, um, uh, Daniel 8.26. Um, 
The vision of the evenings and the mornings, which has been told is true, but kept, but keep the vision secret, for it pertains to many days in the future. I want you, want you to keep in mind, now, Daniel is getting the same vision as we have in Revelation. Revelation is the fulfillment of the book of Daniel. Did that sink in? Now, he said, the vision is true, but keep the vision of Daniel secret. It pertains to many days when? In their future. Not in our future, but in their future. Now, let's go to chapter 12. By the way, now, that was written in 551 B.C. I think I have that in your notes. So, in verse, first of all, in verse 4, but as for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Now, he's not speaking to the end of time as we think of it today. He is speaking until the end of whose time? The, of Judah, of um, Israel, until the end time of Israel. Now go over to verse um, 9. And he said, <clears throat> Go your way, Daniel, for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end time. So, Joel, uh, Peter on the day of Pentecost said, these are the days of which they spoke of in the day of Pentecost. These are those days. It's plural, so meaning there's going to be a transition period. But these, these words are concealed and sealed up until that time. Now, John is told the opposite in verse 10, because those end times have come. Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time now is near. So if 500, about less than 600 years from the time that he was told to seal up the vision, because it was a long ways in the future, was 600 years, now he's saying, now the time is near, that has to be significantly less than 600 years, or 551 years to be more exact. Not 2,000 years beyond. You know, there's, there's the evidence, really all that you need. So he's telling, now he says the opposite of what was told to Daniel, because what da- was told to Daniel was going to be opened up in the end times. Now he says, open those up. Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for that time of which they speak is near. That clear? So if, in, in, in my note down here, I'll just recap it. If many days in Daniel's case was about 600 years, John's at hand would have to be very considerably less than 600 years, and it's certainly not 2,000 plus years to our day. 
Verse 11. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong. All of a sudden. And the one who is filthy did you wash between your toes? <laughs> still be filthy. And let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness. And the one who is holy still keep himself holy. Because the time is short. The time is short. I, uh, he says, we've come to the conclusion. Now, he is saying, I think it is still he speaking. The messenger, and I think that the messenger here is Jesus or Jesus personified. It's like poker, Dave. You know, you can, at some point, you've got to show your cards. At some point, you got to show him. It's over. That's it. And that's what he's saying. I've come to the conclusion. The story is over. Time's up. There's no more time to persuade anybody. It's too late to repent. Out of time. Let each man be responsible. Nor, no more begging to obey God. Get off the fence. If you want to be an atheist, be a good one. It's impossible in, in, in the time that remained for you to get anything right. If you're wrong, and if you are right and want to get wrong, it's too late. You're stuck with where you are. What does that imply? Brevity of time. Quick, soon, now. How can we miss the point? Verse 12. Behold, is there a change of antecedent between 9 and 12? I don't see it. Behold, I am coming quickly. That's because that's because of what he had just said in verse 11. Jesus is the speaker in verse 11. As I said before, I, I keep qualifying it because everyone wants to go back to the previous verses where the angel is speaking, but I'm suggesting to you that these verses really demand us to change and change the pronouns with verse 9. Behold, I am, I am coming quickly. Do we not know who that is? Let's look at these two verses. These are verses we've looked at many times but because we're getting close to the end, I, well, I don't mind reviewing some of these. Let's look at Matthew 16, 27, and 28. I got an email from Sharon today. She had, read, she had listened to last week's lesson three times. Now, that's, that's a lot of time. That was a long lesson, hard one. So, anyway, 
She's up with the granddaughter right now. She's got a granddaughter that I think um, three three months old got a full head of hair. You ought to, I couldn't believe it when I saw the little video she sent of me of that little baby, you know, little tiny thing. We used to play with, you know, we used to play football with a little thing bigger than that. <laughs> Beautiful little little child. But I kind of like children. Anyway, in Matthew sixteen twenty seven. The Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels and will then repay every man according to his deeds. That's verse 12 of what we're reading, the same, almost the same language. Verse 28, Truly, I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And that verse 27 is fulfilled. That's nearly the same as in verse 12. The wording is there in prophecy, even though it's repeating directly the prophecy from Daniel and other Jeremiah and Ezekiel and other books. They don't use every word exactly the same. They're dealing with an idea. They're dealing with ideas. Your idea, you will express a little bit different than I express the same idea because we're different people. And so the expression of an idea doesn't have to have every word exactly the same, but it is the same idea. It's obvious here. Here in verse 12, compared to what he said, Jesus said there, Behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me. I will repay every man according to his deeds. Isn't that the same? My reward is with me? Do render to every man according to what he has done. And, of course, that's what uh, uh, the book of Revelation is, the process of him doing that. Now, let's go back to Psalms and verse 58. But only those written in the book, in the other book. Well, and that was in the earlier verses. Yeah. Those, those who have their names written in the book. Mm-hmm. So that's another, that's another qualifier. It is. Yeah, another qualifier. You see, he's kind of he's kind of bringing us into a conclusion here. He's he's given us the throne. He's giving us the river of the water of life, the crystal clear water, representing the nature and character of those who are sitting on the throne. That's why there is not a third person on the throne, because there isn't a third person. The doctrine of the Trinity is hogwash. So in Psalms chapter 58, verse 10, the righteous will rejoice. When he sees the vengeance, he will wash his feet in the blood of the wicked. And men will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on earth. There's a God who makes a distinction. You and I do not like to make distinctions. We were talking about it before class tonight. Somebody asked me, um, well, they didn't ask me. Uh, There was a statement made that it's really hard when somebody asks you, what about this person? They died. Are they in heaven? How would you know? You don't know. You may, may have been your mommy. 
You don't know. You don't need to know. There's that politics thing again. We always want to be bothered by somebody else rather than what is our situation. We love politics because it makes us look at what somebody else is doing that we don't like. But we need to be looking at ourselves. There is a God who judges on earth. And folks, that's in the psalm. You know, that's strong language for a psalm. Surely there is a God. If there isn't, why do we have a justice system at all? Why do we have a right and wrong? Or even the concept and of maybe it. there, maybe there really isn't. If there is no God, there isn't a, a view of right or wrong. The feminists are right or wrong. Those who abuse women are neither right nor wrong. Why? How can there be any judgment made? There is no law. If you're an atheist or a socialist, there's, there's no wrong or right. There are no absolutes. There's nothing wrong with me slitting your throat. Bible of the yeah, if I get away with it and you, you know, you weren't tough enough to stop me, why, tough luck for you. Why do we have a police force? Why, why do we have a justice system? And my, the justice system may be perverted, but you take the idea, you know, that, that they are only doing what they're doing because they're setting, a they're setting a precedent for God who is there, and most of them don't believe in that God who is there, but they practice justice in their eyes anyhow, which is hypocrisy, pure hypocrisy. You know, you get stopped on by Greg down going down the highway 100 mile an hour in a 200 mile an hour zone. <laughs> Every zone is 200 mile an hour for me, because they haven't got a right to make any law. If there's anything flawed with the Bible... Then, and nobody has any right to make any law about anything toward anybody or in behalf or, or against anybody. Can't do it. That's hypocrisy. So, Dave, to backtrack just a little bit, yeah. one quick quick question. Uh, you're, seeing a, you're seeing angel as simply a description of Christ being a messenger in this case. That's right. And, and maybe... That's probably the best way of putting it. I'm saying that I'm not that we can even eliminate the idea that he is God's messenger to John, and is represented by the angel. But, but what is that angelos is in the Greek though, right? Yeah, it's the angel, the of the angel. Oh, so there's not just angel, but the angel which showed me these things. And I think the, the angel is representative of Jesus as God's messenger to man. You can take that back to Revelation chapter 1, in the very few beginning verses. Okay. You get that idea. Right, right off the bat. Revelation of God to his messenger. Yeah, to his messenger. John, yeah. No. Oh, oh, Jesus. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, why don't you, you, you want to look my, you want to have my Bible look that up? Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's, it, I think it's in, um, Revelation, um, the first few verses. 
Let, let's take a look at it, and, and I don't want to get bogged down here because we we got a little ways to go yet, and I want to finish on time. The revelation, verse one, the revelation. This is chapter one of the book of Revelation, verse one, the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's the revealing of who? And God gave whom? Gave him. Gave him. Who's the him? Jesus. Jesus. God gave Jesus these things to give to his bondservants. To whose bondservants? To, to, uh, it could be either way. In this, in this case, it's kind of hard to tell. God gave him to show to his bondservants. I think they're the bondservants to Jesus, but they could be to God. But either way, what's the difference, really? So here you have the revelation of Jesus Christ, which, which God gave to whom? Jesus, to show to his bondservants the things must, which must soon take place. Yes. Now he sent and communicated it through his angel to his bondservant, John. So that's why I gave you that alternative view that Alex expressed, that uh, it may have been through the angel, but remember that initially the revelation of what we're talking about was uh, was given to Christ from the Father. Through, through the angel. Through the angel. Yep. And so, the antecedent doesn't change here in, in chapter 1 either. And it doesn't change. That's right. In chapter 1, it does not change. So that's my argument over here. And um, I think it is. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty strong we're, evidence. We're starting over at one one again, huh? <laughs> now let's get it right. <laughs> maybe you'll get it right this time, or maybe maybe I will get it right this time. So, and the words of the prophecy, all of the words that we just read in verse nine are right there. You know, the servant, the bond, the bond servants, the um, the prophets, the prophecies. And uh, those who heed the words of the prophecy, who hear, who reads and hears, all of those who heed the things which are written in it, everything here in verse 9 is there in verses 1 to 3. Everything is there. Same thing. He is coming back in his summary and telling us what he told us right off the bat. Well. The audience has always been right there. I mean, this is a vision. That's right. It's static, but it's full of a lot of things. It's static to... It's the expression of the prophecies of the Old Covenant, how they're going to be fulfilled now, so it's written symbolically. Yeah. Well, it was. It stopped being just a vision when he wrote it down. That's right. Now it becomes a document, a documented vision. Now we're going to watch and sit back if they were in those times. As Jesus said, in the lifetime of you who are hearing me say this, you're going to see all this stuff come to pass. Now either it did or what are we doing following him who doesn't know what is up from his down? You know, we've got a problem. I'm not as nice as I used to be. And I never was. All right. Now, folks, I am coming quickly. That means real, real, I'm coming in, 
real quick time. Right word. And and it did. He 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 was he came, he came quickly. And that's unto himself, correct? Being in the middle voice. Yeah. And see, which word is in the middle voice? Is not that word. It's um, I, I come. It has to be. Oh, it is. Yep, I come myself quickly. Or come I? The oh my is middle voice. It can be passive as well. Because he is sent. He's who? He's sent. He's God sent him. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, and the reward is, is uh, mine. It is with me. It's with me. My reward. He, he, he was given authority to judge the nation of Israel. Remember by God. He right. said, I'm not the judge, but God has given me that authority. That's in Hebrews as well. Uh, and it's also in the Gospel of John. So all of these things are repeated from John or the prophets or somebody. To give every man according as the work shall be accordingly. Um, whatever his work was, whatever you, it is you have done, it's all going to be made manifest if you were living in that time. He's talking about those who are living under the Mosaic age. Yeah. He's not talking about what he's doing to us today because when he came this time, he did not leave. He is in the New Jerusalem now, and we can come to where he is, but he's not going back, and he's not coming again. And his reward... <laughs> is described in verse 11, right? I mean, that that's, well, I see that as strong language. That's strong language. To those people to whom he was speaking at that time, yes. your time of being under the law is over. Now, we have the positive side of that, remember, in chapter 21. Right. Yeah. The yeah. positive side, all the positive side. The, uh, what was the... the, uh, the uh, what was the term? We said it over and over again. The not the everlasters, but the overcomers. Overcomers. Yep. The, the overcomers. All the things that were going to happen to the overcomers. Okay. Then, then we have the New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. We never want to forget that, because that's the summary of the book. Everything leads us to that point of the New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, with the throne, with what? Who is on the throne? The Father and the Lamb, and the river, crystal clear water, coming out from the throne with that authority of the Father and the Lamb in it, producing the fruit of the tree, all of the virtues of the Spirit as we partake of it, so that it really becomes it, us, and we really become a part of that river because we are partakers of it and we bear the fruit of it. That's the picture of the church. And when we, can, when we can learn to put that picture together, we'll get more and more people who want to be where we are. I am coming quickly. My reward is with me. To those people, he says that, not to us today, to render to every man according to what he has done. We are responsible today for what we do. But he is not speaking to you and me today. He is speaking in this passage to those who are going to experience the destruction of the temple and the ruination of Jerusalem. 
Verse 13. Got to finish. I am the Alpha and the Omega. That cannot refer to Jehovah God. Why? Because there's no starter stuff with yeah. God. Everybody, that, everybody refers to this as being God. It can't be God. God doesn't have a beginning. Doesn't the Bible say he is without beginning? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. He, he's, he's not forever. He isn't, he isn't between two points. God, God never had a beginning. He's endless. Both sides of the forever. On and on and on. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The reason he, he starts there with the Greek language. Alpha and Omega. And so that we understand he's talking about uh, something that's temporal in nature. I am the beginning of this thing and I'm the end of this thing. But it's something specific. You can't have a beginning and an ending without something specific. He's not talking about God the Father. He has no beginning. He has no ending. But Jesus did as far as being Jesus as one of us was. I am the... The work of the prophets and the... Um, realization of the prophecy. I, I was going to point to the how how all things were made through him. All things were made through him because there was a plan. So he was the he was the one through whom everything was made. So in that way, he was the beginning. Yeah, Without him to work through, he wouldn't it wouldn't have taken place. And uh, he can now it says. Um, the first and the last, the first and the last of what? You don't say God is the first God. How could you say that about the Father? That would imply what? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Well, there's three of them. So. Well, <laughs> Alex, you're going to be in trouble here pretty soon. <laughs> and, 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 and then he summarized it with this great statement. I am the beginning and the end of this. He didn't say this. But the beginning and the end of what? Of this book. You see that? Because look at, you know, next week, he's going to tell us if we mess with this book, we're in big doo-doo. That's next week. We can't go there tonight. So when he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, he's talking about something that includes a process, a beginning and an ending. He's talking about Judaism. He was added to the law. Uh, no, the law was added to the promise. Excuse me. The, 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 the law was added to the promise to bring in the Messiah. Revelation tells us that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. There was a plan. There was a process. He was the beginning and the end. And he is the beginning and the end of this book. He says it's complete. I think that's the key here. When he talks about the Alpha and the Omega, that concludes that's the complete language. All the letters of the Alexandrian Greek are in between. So it's complete. The first and the last. That's complete. The beginning and the end. Everything completed. What that tells us is 
that whatever it was that he began, it is now completed. Everything of the prophets has been completed. Exactly as Jesus said it would, that all the prophecies would be fulfilled in the lifetime of those people to whom he was then speaking. All prophecy will be fulfilled. He said, I am the beginning and the end. I am the beginning and the end of this book. I am the beginning and the end of prophecy. It is complete. It is all over. It is done. Any questions? Father, we thank you for the time that we've been able to spend together tonight. We ask for continued wisdom in deciphering some of the elements of this book. We are committed to being true to his message to the best of our ability. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.